Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. forward to tonight's service. I trust you are as well. Let's get our Bibles out. Obviously, that is our, our book, our workbook in which we study from. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into a, a subject matter. You always hear us say this, but in this case, it's especially true. This is a, an important subject that's vitally important to every believer, especially in the hour that we live. And we're going to talk about the believer's authority. And we're living in a time that we need to be walking in that heavenly authority that God has given us. I want you to go over to Ephesians tonight and go to verse, excuse me, chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading from the 17th verse. As you know, we, we talk quite a bit about what we call the Ephesians prayers. And in fact, there's quite a few prayers through the epistles that an individual can pray for themselves. This Ephesians prayer is one that we highlight uh, quite a bit here at Birthed Family Church. And so I, I want you to begin to revisit this prayer if you're not continuing to pray this every day. This is a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. And it's really asking that the believer, the individual believer, would get revelation knowledge in three topics, of which one of them is the believer's authority. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, and what we need to do is make this prayer personal. You need to put you in this prayer, or could we say, use the word me or my in this prayer, and understand that If you and I will roll our sleeves up and pray this prayer consistently, at least every day, if not multiple times a day, that within a six-month period or thereabouts, your eyes, my eyes, will be opened in such a way that this book will just begin to disclose so much revelation to us. And really, that's what we need in this hour. Amen? Amen. We we don't need the knowledge of the word. We need the revelation of the word. And so when you pray this prayer, you put your name in this, and you get consistent with it. Make it be the first thing that you do in the morning with your cup of coffee. Amen? Amen. And, And just continue to believe for what this prayer is making available to you in, in terms of the revelation knowledge. So, so pray with me, starting in verse 17. I'm reading from the King James. Let's begin now that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me. Now look what you're asking for. Give me the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation 
in the knowledge of him or in the knowledge of who I am in him. Hallelujah. Verse 18. That the eyes of my spirit would be what? Enlightened. Now you're about to ask for three separate areas. That I may know, number one, what is the hope of your calling. That I would know, number two, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And then number three, that you'd know the exceeding greatness of his authority. That you've given to me. Now, if you'll pray that, just those two verses. Well, go ahead and include the, obviously, verse 19. And just believe for, number one, what is, what is your calling? What is that calling that you've placed on my life? Who am I in the body of Christ? That's number one. Number two, what did you give me through Jesus Christ? What's my inheritance? What, who, what have I been given freely by his grace through Jesus Christ? And then number three, what is the exceeding greatness of your authority that I now possess? And how can I utilize it? How can I put it to work in my behalf and to those around me? Amen? Amen. I want you to understand that when you begin praying for revelation... That word revelation means to see. See, there's a huge difference in perceiving something with your mind and seeing it from your spirit. It's like night and day, the difference. To see, to perceive, or to know. Now understand, this revelation that we're, that we're seeking is in line with or in light of, or in agreement with the Word of God. You see, there's a lot of people out there that are embracing what they think is revelation from God, but it doesn't agree with Scripture. Amen? And that's where people get off. The Word of God always keeps us grounded in the knowledge of God's will. The knowledge of his nature, the knowledge of his character. It was interesting uh, what happened. This was less than a week ago. Uh, there's from time to time we'll get a call from people that are looking for a church, and so they'll call the church. And we got a call from such person, such a person, and uh, she started asking questions about what does Birthed Family Church believe. And so um, I took the call, my wife answered, and I, I thought it'd be best if I responded to this individual. And, and, and this person says, well, I'm looking for a church that believes this and also believes this. And in 38 years of pastoring, I've never had a believer approach me and say, I believe this and I believe that. She was so far out of whack it was just she was like in, in another universe and she was saying I'm having a trouble finding a Christian church that believes this and believes that and I'm thinking to myself well, well that's because that isn't Christianity you can't find what you believe in the Bible Come on. 
and this is what gets people off. She, she, and I even shared a couple of scriptures with her, and it was, it, it was like talking to a farm animal. I mean, it just, just, it, she had already embraced what she thought was revelation knowledge, but it just didn't agree with the Word of God. So this, we're not looking for something apart from revelation of the Word of God. Amen. And that's what keeps us safe. That's what, that, that's what keeps us in the boundaries of what God has for us. Amen. So when you're praying for this revelation, when you're praying every day for the revelation knowledge of God, remember it's the revelation of the word of God. Because that's the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Amen. So once we make sure that we know where this revelation is going to emanate from, then we can believe for it. We know, where, we know where it's coming from. And therefore, that'll give us that opportunity to receive that revelation that he has for us. Now, why is this revelation or this understanding of the authority of God, the, the, the believer's authority, why is this so important? I want you to go over to uh, the sixth chapter of Ephesians. You're in Ephesians 1. Go to Ephesians 6. Let me show you from Scripture why having the revelation of this heavenly authority that we've been given, why it's so valuable. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren... Now, look at this. He tells us to be what? Be strong in who? Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brother, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, the power of his might is his, is his heavenly authority. So you're asking... He's telling us to be strong in him. Aren't you glad it didn't, be, didn't say be strong in yourself? Come on. Amen. It says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his authority. So first and foremost, we're instructed to rely on the Lord's strength. Right? I can do all things, how? Through him who strengthens me. Amen. But also... We're to be strong in the Lord so that we become skillful in using his authority. In uh, verse 10, where, where it talks about and the power of his might, it says in the Christian Standard Version, it says, be strong in the authority of his might. Amen. So why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Well, look at the next verse in verse 12. Skip over verse 11. Look at verse 12. I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his authority because we wrestle not against people. Aren't you glad that your battle's not with your mother-in-law? Hallelujah. Well, who's my battle with? Well, it's going to be against spiritual entities. 
We live in a spiritual kingdom. And on the earth today, there are two spiritual kingdoms arrayed against each other. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of God. You could also say the kingdom of heaven. And it's arrayed against the kingdom of darkness. So he's telling us that we need to be strong in and skillful in the knowledge of this heavenly authority that we've been given because we're going to be wrestling with a kingdom on the earth, the kingdom of darkness. He calls this kingdom against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. How many of you know that the Bible tells us that the devil is a rebel holder of authority that he stole from Adam, and he's now called by the word of God. He is the small g or the small god of this world. He's the god of the seen realm. And that's where our battle will be. Amen? Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, whether we... Want this to happen or not, every believer is potentially going to wrestle with darkness every day. Why? Well, it's not as much about you that the enemy's coming after, but your potential. Remember, you've got God living inside of you. You have God's faith in you. You have God's love in you. And you have God's heavenly authority given to you. Amen. And whether you realize it or not, you're offering a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to wrestle we're going to wrestle with darkness. Amen? Now, understand that God has given us his heavenly authority to every member of the body of Christ. Let me say it this way. God's heavenly authority is the true possession of every child of God. You and I need to embrace that. Let, let's begin looking at that. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 again. Well, it looks like we're going to be in Ephesians a couple of times tonight. Ephesians 1, verse 3. And as you're looking for Ephesians 1, 3, I want you to say this out loud. Say, heavenly authority. God's authority. Has been given to me as a child of God. I choose to believe that I have it, and I choose to learn how to use it. Amen. Now look here in Ephesians 1:3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because this is one of those areas where this person who called the church didn't believe that there was a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
and I'm just looking at it. Here's God the Father, and here's God the Son. Amen. On the printed page of the Bible. I trust light comes to that person in Jesus' Amen. name. Help that individual, Lord. Notice it says that who hath blessed us. Isn't it interesting that many Christians are on this rabbit trail trying to get God to bless them? That's the wrong perspective. Too many Christians think that God is the one who makes the decision of who gets blessed and who does not get blessed. That's not on the menu. Notice it says, past tense, what has God given us? He hath, past tense, blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Really, the, 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 the heart of the believer is to search out what he's already blessed us with. That's our inheritance in Christ. That's what you're also praying for with that Ephesians prayer. You want to know what you've already been blessed with. Amen. Amen. So understand that you and I have already been blessed by God through Jesus Christ with all spiritual blessings. The, the Christian standard version says it this way, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavens. So understand that you and I are already pre-blessed because we were born into God's kingdom. You're now a part of him. And all that Jesus purchased for us is already ours. And then it's up, up to us to find out what those blessings are and then to receive them into our life by faith. Isn't that what we, isn't that what we did with salvation? Yeah. It took me 24 years to discover that Jesus provided salvation for me. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Amen? It took me 24 years to figure out that he provided salvation for me, but even though he made it available to me, it was still my responsibility to receive it. Amen? Amen? As far as God was concerned for 24 years, he had uh, salvation wrapped up in a, in a beautiful package for me with a big bow on it. So if I was going to wait around for God to save me, how many of you know that I'd still be on my way to hell? Yeah. He'd already done all that he needed to do to save Bruce Conover. What Bruce needed to do was receive the gift that was already given. And this is what I'm trying to get across tonight. It's the same with our heavenly authority. It's a part of this package of being blessed in every spiritual area. You have already been given heavenly authority. Now it's up to us to implement and to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. So, no individual believer is blessed beyond another believer. 
Were you guys like me that early on in Christendom, you'd look at <clears throat> people in church and, and there were some that, I, I don't know what was going on, but they were just really blessed. You know? They, they just walked in blessings. And there, it gave the, 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 this, this perception that, well, maybe God loves them more than they love me. How many of you know that that's not true? Come on. Amen. We've all come out of the same loins. Mm -hmm. We are the offspring of God through a spiritual birth. And every one of us has the same inheritance. Amen. So what's going on? Well, some people have more knowledge of the blessings that God has given them. And therefore, they've taken advantage of what they've seen has been given to them and learned how to bring those into their life. Amen? Every believer has been given this heavenly authority. But you and I, just like the faith that we've been given, just like the love we've been given, we have to develop it. We have to grow in the knowledge of it. And then we have to, we have to learn how to exert that authority. Amen. Amen? You see, his heavenly authority is not a respecter of persons. Because it's been given to all of us. So an individual believer can have more knowledge of a blessing and therefore take advantage of more of that blessing than someone else. And that's because knowledge that act, that's acted upon is what produces results. So when you know of, of a blessing, you know of something that God has given you, and you've learned about it, and then you begin to utilize it, now you've brought it to bear in your behalf. Now, I do need to put a disclaimer out here tonight. Ready for the fine print concerning believers' authority? Every believer that pursues the knowledge of our heavenly authority will experience hindrances from darkness to potentially steal that knowledge. You see, there, there are certain subject matters that the devil is, is greatly concerned about. One of them is your faith. Because this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The devil doesn't want you growing in faith. He doesn't want you growing in love either because your faith works by love. And guess what? He doesn't want you to grow in the knowledge of that which puts him on the run. And that's heavenly authority. And so just by virtue of us speaking on this subject matter, every one of us is going to be challenged. 
I want you to look over in Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Mark 4, 14. I remember early on when Mary and I were cutting our teeth on the Word of God and we would begin hearing subject, subject matter for the first time. And it was interesting that how we would get into arguments with one another whenever we got new revelation from the Word of God. And the devil was just coming to challenge what we had heard so that we would relinquish it. Look here in, in Mark 4.14. You know the parable of the sower. This is Jesus explaining it to his disciples. And he says that the sower is sowing, what's the seed? He soweth the word. So Jesus tells us that the word of God is a seed and has the potential to reproduce itself. So when I, when I feed on uh, the word of God pertaining to divine healing, I'm putting a healing seed in my heart to produce healing in my physical body. Whatever harvest you want, that's the seed you need to produce it. So if I want to walk in heavenly authority, I need to feed on scriptures that, that shows me that that authority has been given to me and scriptures that show me how to utilize and to bring to bear the authority that I've been given. Amen? And so the sower soweth the word. So understand that when the word is sown, there's now a potential harvest that that seed can produce. Amen? Some fall, some seed fall on the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, you see how the word seed is received? It's received by hearing. But notice your enemy, the one who you wrestle with, it says that Satan, or the kingdom of darkness, he cometh immediately. Well, why does he come immediately? Because he doesn't want that seed to germinate and begin to develop roots because then it's harder to pull up. So you're going to be challenged with this message tonight, if not right now. Even while this is going forth, the enemy is trying to distract you. Some of you that are watching online, all of a sudden something happened in the background that you have to put your attention to. Well, guess what? That could be the enemy trying to keep you from hearing what... The Lord wants you to hear concerning your heavenly authority. So he comes immediately. What's he coming for? He's not coming after you. He could care less about you. But he is concerned about the word seed being sown in your heart and producing a harvest from that seed. So he's coming for the seed. Satan comes immediately to what? Take away the what? Word or the seed of the word that was sown in your heart. And we have to be mindful of that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting how Paul mentions putting on the whole armor of God in the midst of discussing this heavenly authority that we've been given. Now, go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. 
verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, we read this earlier, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his authority. Remember, we, we found the other translation that takes that word might and plugged in authority. So it's talking about us being strong in the Lord and with the authority that he's given us. Notice verse 11. When you're using that authority, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Well, why do I need armor? Well, why does any soldier need armor? He's in battle, and he has to defend himself from the wrangling and the wrestling and the wiles of the devil. So we see here that when we become strong in the Lord, when we start yielding this power of his authority, we have to consider now that we're a target. And we're to put on the complete, that's what other translations say, the complete armor of God. Why do I want to put on the complete armor of God? So that I can stand. Notice it doesn't say run in fear. No, I put on my armor so I can stand against these devices of the devil. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go over to John chapter 8. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that brings fear in the heart of the devil. Or could I say great concern. You know this verse of scripture is John chapter 8, verse 32. John 8, 32. It says, and you shall know what? You shall know the truth. Now, what is the truth? Jesus said over there, I believe it's John 17, 17, sanctify them with my truth, my word is truth. The word of God is the truth. So it says that when we know what the word of God says, that word has the potential to do what? Make you free. Isn't it interesting it doesn't say set you free? It makes you something. And when you're made into that truth, you're now free. Hallelujah. We could say this another, one, another way. When you know the truth and practice it. When you know the truth and you act upon it. Remember, every truth has, be, has to be brought to bear. It has to be practiced. It has to be walked out. There has to be corresponding actions to what you believe. You have to act on that word. And when that happens, you're made free. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why the enemy comes. He doesn't want us to, to be that Teflon Christian that everything he throws at us doesn't stick. Just slides on off because we got our armor on and we are doers of the word of God and that truth has made us free. 
All right, let's go on over to Luke chapter 10. I was hoping to get all the way through this tonight. But it really doesn't matter because we can just pick up next time. Amen? Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Let's look at some scriptures that begin to also substantiate, excuse me, and confirm that we've been freely given heavenly authority. This is Jesus speaking. He says, behold. That word behold just simply means to look at. Look at this. I give unto you. Now this is Jesus speaking. So who is the one who's giving us this power? Jesus. That means it has to be heavenly power. Correct? If God the Son is giving us power, then it has to be heavenly power. Now he says, I give unto you power. This word from the Greek that's translated into the English word power is better interpreted as authority. And there's a huge difference between power and authority. And we'll, we'll look at that right now. Jesus says that I give you heavenly authority. What is its potential? It says it will tread or walk on serpents and scorpions. Now you understand this isn't talking about snakes or insects or whatever a scorpion is. Is, it, is a scorpion a, an insect? Is it in the same family as lobster? Oh. <laughs> is it, what is a scorpion? Is it a, some kind of reptile? What is it? Right? He's got the little stinger that sticks up. So, so Jesus isn't saying, hey, I'm giving you authority over snakes. No, these are symbols of the realm of darkness against the principalities and powers and these rulers of darkness. Because it goes on to say, I've given you heavenly authority over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Amen. To the degree that nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing. shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Now, look, look what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I have given you heavenly authority. And the ability of this authority that you now possess is that you can walk on these strategies, these uh, these attacks, this, these wranglings with the devil and, and all that he brings to bear against you to the degree that nothing he brings at you when you use this heavenly authority shall hurt you. Hallelujah. Now, in my estimation, the, the best example that helps us to understand and how to use heavenly authority is with the common traffic cop. How many of you know that the traffic cops now are, there's just not so very many of them around anymore. I mean, I, it used to be back in the day when I'd go to school, there was a police officer out there, you know, directing traffic. 
Now I think we have more of these barricade companies directing traffic than we do with police officers. But let's just use the traffic cop as an example. And when you consider them in the middle of cars that, that weigh tons, a lot of cars weigh 4,000 pounds, two tons, they don't have the actual power or strength to tell a car what to do. Right? Mm -hmm. But because of who they represent, they've been given authority. And so when they give instruction to a driver who's driving this car that they don't have the power to stop, the driver recognizes that authority in which they possess, and then they obey that authority, right? And so when the traffic cop says, stop, what happens? The traffic stops. When the traffic cop says, this, this lane here, you turn right? No, I want to go left. No, you're going right. You go, you're going to go right. I don't know how many times I've told one of these traffic people, you know, that's not where I'm going, where you're pointing. Didn't matter. Guess what? I'm now going that way. Because <laughs> that's what they're telling me to do. Right? Now, are you really obeying the traffic cop? Are you, are, are you looking at something different than at this person? Absolutely. What are you looking at? His uniform. Right? You're, you see that shiny little badge. You see that, I don't know how many shots they hold nowadays, you know, that clip that holds 12 rounds of 9 millimeter ammunition. You're looking at his car on the side with the lights going. See, you're looking at the uniform. You're looking at authority or the power that he's representing. Amen? And so we recognize and we obey that authority that the uniform represents. Now, what would you think if I, you know, went to sheriff's department and I said, I want to be a cop for a day. And they go, you know, we've been wanting to try that. And so they just throw a, a sheriff's uniform on me. And they say, okay, we want you down here at this corner, and we want you to direct traffic. Now, how many of those drivers you think are going to listen to me on that street corner? I disagree. I believe every one of them will. Every one of them. Because they're not going to go, oh, that's Bruce. He's not, a, he's not a police officer. They're not going to challenge that. He's got a uniform on. I don't know why he's got that on, but I'm going I'm to obey. I'm not going to take a chance. I'm going to stop. Remember the day when they used to park police cars in certain areas in town where they were having traffic problems? And there was nobody in the car. But yet, yes, yeah, sometimes they were using dummies and blow up dolls. And people saw the car, which represented authority, and were slowing way down when they went around. And then they'd look in, hey, there's nobody in there. 
see, this is what I'm trying to say. Many of us are concerned about using heavenly authority because we're too self-conscious. You could put a police officer that's on his first day of on the job on a street corner to direct traffic and one that's been working with the police for 40 years and put him on the street and everybody's going to obey them equally. Why? Because they're wearing the uniform. The authority that we've been given is God's authority. And it doesn't matter how much I know, how much I've accomplished. It has nothing to do with me. I just put on the uniform by believing I have heavenly authority. And then when I give a command, I'm not saying in the name of Bruce, stop. No, I'm saying in the name of in whom I represent, stop. Just like a police officer. And the devil will recognize it and he'll obey it. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. I remember a story told years ago, and I'll, I'll stop here tonight. It's a story of a, a great man of God. His name is Smith uh, Wigglesworth. They had documented that he raised over 20 people from the dead. In fact, they were very cautious to invite him to funerals. He went into one funeral, into the viewing room, locked the door behind him so no one else would come in, and he pulled a body out of the coffin and threw it up against the wall and said, live. And that body just slithered down the wall. He picked it up again, slammed it against the wall and said, live! And it just slithered down. He grabbed it for the third time, threw it up against the wall and this guy awakened and looked at him and said, Smith, what are you doing here? <laughs> this guy was known as the father of faith. Amen. And he, he, was, uh, he was an Englishman. He was, his ministry was late 1800s. I think he lived to the early 40s. I think he lived up to the start of the World War II, somewhere in there. Oh, I know he did because um, Lester Summerall would visit him in London and Lester had to go home because of the war because he was an American. So that, he, he, he ministered into the early 40s and he tells this story that uh, there was this woman that lived in London and she would... Uh, get out of her apartment and she'd go down to the trolley and back in the day what a trolley was is they would put they had rails in in the streets and then they would have these wagons that would ride on the on the on the tracks and they were pulled by horses I think they called them a tram and so she's waiting out there for this we would call it a bus or a trolley 
She was waiting for this to come. Well, her dog got out of the house and followed her to the, the bus stop. And, and you know what some of these little dogs are like. You know, they just kind of cuddle up to, to you. And, and, and she, she goes, now, honey, she's talking to the dog. She says, now, honey, you're going to have to go on home. I'm getting on the, I'm getting on the, the tramway here. I, you got to go. And the dog's just, you know, warming up to her. And she does this multiple times. But then all of a sudden, she sees the, the trolley coming. And she looks at, down at the dog and goes, scram! And that dog just tucked his tail and ran. Well, Smith was at this same bus stop. And he, without thinking, he, he said out loud, yeah, and that's the way you got to do the devil. <laughs> Amen. Come on. You know, using our authority is done on purpose. See, the traffic cop's not going, maybe stop. I hope you stop. No, saying stop. Right? Because he has confidence in whom he represents. And it's the same way when we're using heavenly authority. We don't ask politely. We're not asking, hey, if you get around to it. What did Jesus say to the storm? He commanded it to be still. He enforced peace. Does that make sense? Understand that any time that we're in this place of using this authority, our trust is in the one in whom we represent. And that we have confidence that the devil will recognize that authority and will obey. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, he will scooch and tuck his tail and he will run. So, Father, tonight we thank you for heavenly authority. I thank you, Father, for making us aware that each one of us, as a child of God, we have been given heavenly authority. It's not something that we earn. It's a blessing that has been given unto us, for we are the children of God, and we represent you here on this earth. And Jesus himself said, I give unto the believer heavenly authority and you told us hallelujah that we'll tread we'll walk on we'll rule and reign over principalities and powers and nothing shall by any means harm us you told us over there in Mark chapter 16 that I've given you power in my name over devils Father, we thank you for this heavenly authority. Help us to desire it. Help us to grow and develop our faith in this authority we already have. And then, Lord, help us how to utilize it, how to put it to work here on the earth. We thank you for it and give you praise.